0: Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Spark of Rebellion. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars podcast hosted by a couple of dudes here in the UK. Hope you're keeping well and safe. Welcome to episode 95. It's good to have you all here. Those of you that are watching on the live stream on YouTube hello hello those of you that are listening back as a podcast it's good to have you here those of you that have been with us for a while welcome back those of you that have just found the show if you've stumbled across us in spotify or apple Podcasts or whatever then it's good to have you on board the falcon my name's gary one of your hosts and joining me as always is the dude that now does his own hair it's mr mark askrith
1: mm. yeah i cut it this week Did Sam's as well just undercut for her Nice and simple. Uh, Yes, please. Or. Then uh, did my own. (laughs) Which Sam was a little worried about. I want to go for this little, if you're watching this live stream, I want to keep a little bit of length at the sides, which goes against my normal style, and then take a little bit off the top to try and equalise it out. And what I was doing was cutting into it like I've seen the hairdresser Tom do. And, uh, yeah, I think I look pretty sweet, if I'm honest. I think I look 10 years younger. Sam said I looked younger. But. I didn't believe her. Now I've seen myself on the live stream.
0: Well, you've shaved years off, mate. Years.
1: Shade the years off, not the hair off. You've had your that's ears lowered. Tragedy. Yep, you've had your ears
0: lowered. Mm-hmm. And it's a personal... It's, that's lockdown, dude. Make the most of these personal projects while you, while you can. That's the thing. There's a
1: few personal projects that I've got ongoing as well. Um, one of them is rip the bathroom out. The other one's do my hair.
0: One out of two is not bad.
1: Said meatloaf.
0: There we go. So that's us. Hope you guys will keep him well. Dude, we're nearly this an episode. This has been
1: Sparker Rebellion. That's it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: wrap it up. Dude, we're nearly at episode 100. It's not too bad, that.
1: It's not, not too, too bad. shabby.
0: <laughs> in the world of podcasting, it's like, mm, not too shabby. How many episodes you got in the bag? Uh, 95. You're doing all right. You're doing all right.
1: Not doing too bad. Not doing too bad. Although, now everyone's like, yeah, I've been doing it since 2005. Well. Well.
0: Yeah, you'll be surprised, But Actually, no, I'm saying this to the wrong person, not you, buddy, but to our listeners, you'll be surprised at how many podcasts kick off with big fanfare and then episode 14. It's like, yeah, we're bored with that. Let's start another one, do a different one.
1: According to our friends at Libsyn, um, Mr. Rob Walsh, it's the average is seven.
0: Uh, I was going to make it eight, but.
1: So, okay. Yeah. What's What's Neil doing? What is Neil? Do- well, well was, what, I'll give you three. If you need any more,
0: well, it's cut overtime, like twenty percent. Anyway, we well, this did not. We have to remind ourselves every week. This is not an office podcast. This is Star Wars. We've got some cool Star Warsy news coming up for you. Uh, some Disney Plus stuff, which is good. A bit of Star Wars gaming news, and if we've got time, we're going to finish up with a wee bit of a wee bit of chat that's been going on around a certain person that was axed from The Mandalorian. If we get onto it, so buddy, before we crack on with that though, you keeping well, you've had a, a good week, you done anything Star Warsy?
1: Well, I've been into uh, that Into the Dark book and I like Claudia Gray, man. Like she's author of some of my favourite books in the Star Wars canon, <laughs> uh, Lost Stars is the favourite one, but so far this one is shite, <laughs> it, <laughs> oh, and I no. like Claudia Gray a lot, man. But it is boring me.
0: Oh, mate.
1: I know. How much? I, that's a bit harsh.
0: Well, how far are you into the book then?
1: Like 100 pages, which is what, a fifth maybe? I don't know. Mm. It's just there's not that much going on. Like, it's it's just not the usual Claudia Gray, you know. Actually, that's not true. She's normally really character-driven, and I feel like this one is as well, but it's just the characters are just not that interesting to me yet. Um oh. Which is a tough one because it kinda of, it's taking place like alongside the last one, Light like of the Jedi. You know, it's like, oh, what's that over there? There's an accident in hyperspace. We'll do our thing over here. So I dunno, man. It's just I'm finding it a slog. It is just so far not very good. Now, having said that, I do understand and appreciate the fact that it will take a little bit of setting up. It's a bit like Alphabet Squadron, like a lot of stuff to set up, you know, a lot of people to set up in a lot of situations. So I'm not giving up hope on it, and I'm not dissing Claudia Gray, because she is my favourite um, Star Wars author right now. But this book so far has just not been very good. So I'm hoping it's because it's set up, dude. Have you read it? Are you into it? Have you started it yet? Cause I know you've got it.
0: No, I've not started it yet, mate. I don't think I want to now. Well,
1: don't say that. No, you've ruined off it. It's with just water.
0: <laughs> no, you've ruined it. I'm looking forward to that as well.
1: Yeah, it's a funny one. It is a fun, but I I like I said, I'm only I'm only 100. I don't want to spoil it if you've not touched it. I'm only 100 pages in. It's just there's that many. There's that many little characters that they're trying to. I don't know. There's, there's no dynamic to it. You know, like the first one was like. In fact, let me just rewind a bit. <laughs> With most Star Wars, they hook to something, don't they? So they'll they'll say something like, um, you know, let's use Lost Stars. It's like there are some characters. And here's this stuff happening adjacent to the Death Star being blown up. So you kind of like, that's enough to anchor me so I get this perspective on it. Like that that other thing that I know about is happening over there. This one, it's like it's not established enough. Like the, the, the universe that it's in is not quite established enough yet. Do you know what I mean? So there's not, mm. th- you lose the anchor point. And the characters you don't know either, so you don't have either side of it. So you start in fresh. I'm sure it's just that, but I don't know. It's just not riveting. Sorry, I can stop ranting on about it, but I'd be keen to know your thoughts on it, dude.
0: So everyone that has got the book, look forward to that. Every cloud. Yeah, sorry about that.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, so oh, that's what have your... you been doing? <laughs> uh, well, I certainly haven't read anything. I'm glad I haven't now. Mm. But yeah, I will. I will dive into that book though. Uh, I'm reading a couple of other books at the moment, non Star Wars. So when I got them out of the way, I'll dive in. But uh, just more Clone Wars rewatch, dude. Yeah. I tell you what, they was such a sweet episode, man. Lethal Trackdown. Frick, man.
1: Like... Is that the undercover one? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. Aura Sing.
1: Oh, that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, honestly, when I finished watching that, I was like, why the. You know, we've said it so many times on the show. Like, why the frick? Have they not got Filoni just doing the live action stuff? Even back then, like stories and episodes like that were just, when that finished, I was like, that was so good. Like the writing was bang on point, razor sharp. The story was good. The characters were like, Plo Koon's such a cool Jedi master, man. He's such a good, and the way they've done his voice as well in the show, is badass and uh, just so good. Yeah, so a bit more Clone Wars, dude, that's about it.
1: Did you do season seven in the end? Have you done it?
0: <laughs> no.
1: Oh my word! Coming up, so to we're now. screwed. Then we can't even talk about the main story no. from this week. No,
0: uh, we can, we can, we can tiptoe around it. <laughs> oh. All right, but you're just gonna think... have to be careful with stuff.
1: All right, I can do that. I mean, granted, I can't remember much about the storyline anyway, so. <laughs> Well, that's all right then. You know, I'll pretend I'm tiptoeing, but really it's like, yeah, that's all I remember. So <laughs> that's all good.
0: Fair dudes, mate. Well, let's crack on with the first story then. So the Bad Batch, that band of rogue uh, clone troopers that were first brought to our screens back in the Clone Wars. Uh, you know, the dudes, Clone Force 99, those dudes, they getting their own show. We knew they were coming. That last year, or the end of last year, we got that big announcement day where they rattled off all of those shows we were getting. And this is the first one outside of The Mandalorian to get its own proper run, which is good. I thought this was going to come a lot later, dude, because I thought, yeah, animated shows, they take a long time to do. However, those very skilled people of the, over at Disney Plus and Lucasfilm, they've done the business. we have done it. So, May the 4th, Star Wars Day, we're going to get the first episode of The Bad Batch episode one, and then they're going to follow it up with the second episode a couple of days afterwards on Friday, May the 7th, which is going to be good because they're going to do that Friday slot, and then they're going to drop a new episode every Friday until the end of the series. So they're still going with that episodic weekly thing. They're not going to do a big binge dump, which sounds wrong. But yeah, dude, The Bad Batch, this is going to be freaking sweet. You up for this?
1: Yeah, do you know, it was a funny one with the Clone Wars. Now, like I said, I'll not, I'll not spoil it because you've not seen it. But like the first few episodes, I found an interesting choice, you know, of season seven. Because it was like, what? I'm not really that much of a fan of this. when When you watched the first couple, it was like, what? Why? What's going on here? Why have they done this? And it's clearly like the, the backdoor pilot for, for for the Bad Batch. Which now we've got the Bad Batch, I'm completely fine with. And you come to respect the characters. It's. So I kind of like the Rambo-style nature of these guys, you know, and the specialisms and the whole... It's like they've taken... Like, Fallone has just gone, right, we want Rambo. There is actually one that looks like Rambo. So we want Rambo, and we want all of the, like, different meta classes of Warrior that you see in all of these badass games, like, you know, weapons classes and so on. We'll stick them together, and we'll put a new angle on the clones. So it's actually it's, it's actually quite cool. So, yes, I'm up for it. Um, <clears throat> and I was going to say something that almost would ruin a story out, so I'm not going to. Um... But there are other things and people that, that are interesting with the with series as well. So yeah, there's I'm alright with it. I think it's gonna be good. And <clears throat> I think like that particular arc of season seven was a weird one. Um but it did a few things for like Obi-Wan and Anakin and a little bit of banter and a little bit of like, wait a sec, Obi Wan knows what's going on here. Like a little bit of, you know, that kind of so I'd be keen to see how that translates to this post you know, this post-order sixty-six style era because we've never really seen that much in new canon direct like literally straight after the Clone Wars has ended. Um so the time frame's quite interesting. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 the animation style of the Clone Wars. It looks pretty sweet. It's sort of a what's not to like at the minute. Um hmm. it will I think it'll need to do something interesting to keep us hooked. You know, it's gonna need to to delve into a little bit of it'll either need to be what am I trying to say? I'll say it, coming from a different angle. It can only dine out so long on being like, um, like action-packed and cute. You know, it can only mm. dine out on that for so long. Like it has to tell some stories, and I think that might be where they struggle a little bit. Because um, it's sort of what stories do you tell? Um, so I think if they can make you really care enough about the characters, I think it'll be good. Um, but yeah, it, at the minute, it's what's not to love. You know, they, they would seem to be received well during the Clone Wars Season 7, so why not? You know, I'm all right with that. It was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I likey. And I really like the idea of the characters as well. Like each of these, I think think it started off with four, and then another dude joined after one of the episodes. I think I've got that right. Uh, So I think you had Crosshair, Wrecker, Tech, and Hunter, who was the sergeant. I think those four dudes kicked it off, and then someone called Echo, is it Echo? I think he joined after that, after they did that. Yeah, he was...
1: um... Wasn't he was the one that was hooked up to all the computers and stuff, and mm-hmm. we thought he was dead and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, good. All right, so you're you're all right with that then. Yeah. I know so about he, that side of
0: it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So he was found basically. Rex found him and you know unhooked him, but obviously he became a little bit Iron Man. Um, so yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. So yeah, oh, we can we can go there. Cool. Yeah, it looks in that case it looks all right because Echo's sort of a um, like he was sort of the 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 bridge between Rex and this bad batch, like and then in turn a and and Anakin and and Obi Wan and stuff. So, um, yeah, quite interesting from that perspective, dude. I wonder what the animation style is going to be like as well. Like, is it going to be full on Clone Wars style of they tweaked it a little bit? I know we've seen the trailer, but you know, yeah, just interesting how that 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 legacy lives on a little bit. You know,
0: yeah, I think the animation it looks well, it looks like it's a Clone Wars episode. The, the art style and the animation stuff. It probably is going to be um, fairly close to that. They might have moved a few things on. Particle effects, volumetric lighting, that kind of thing. But it does look pretty similar. Uh, and didn't they knock around with Cody for a while? Doesn't Cody get his, his hands dirty with these guys?
1: Well, I'm not sure, actually. Cody or Rekwodden. I can't Godden. remember.
0: And lastly, I, I don't know if my memory's playing tricks on me, but don't they turn up in Star Wars Rebels? Like, they're all old. Or is that a different bunch of troopers?
1: Isn't that Rex in the desert with his mates? And they're all like, oh, you're Jedi, you know, Jedi scum. And uh, No, 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 wait a sec. No, it's the other way around. Kane and Jarrus is really annoyed with them because of what he thought they did. Yes,
0: yeah. But it's not the Bad Batch, no? Is it just Rex and his his buddies? yeah. Yeah, I
1: think it is. I'll have a quick Google, but I think it is.
0: Okay. Yeah, you're probably right, mate. Yeah. Regardless, this does look pretty cool. So May the 4th your first episode drops for that and mm-hmm. a few days later episode two, but then you've got to wait, wait another week. Then you get your episode three. I'm not sure how many episodes they're doing per series with this. Um, it doesn't say anywhere. So it's either going to be the full on, you know, 20 odd episodes or it's probably going to be 10, something like that. I don't know,
1: but there we go. It's feeling a bit like that in it, like a 30 episode. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Talking of clones. Uh, more specifically, Commandos, Republic Commandos. Remember that badass game that was out back in the core cool, early two thousands. I think it was uh, Republic Commando. I think it was out for mm-hmm. like the original Xbox, PS two, that kind of era. It's coming back, dude. You know, like they did with um, Jedi Outcast two, uh, and they brought it out for the Switch and the PS four and whatnot, mm-hmm. and doing the same thing. Star Wars Republic Commando is coming back. You'll be happy, dude. Get it on a... You can play it on whatever now. You're such a...
1: a, I just need to get an Xbox. I'm not that much of a baller.
0: No, no, no. Because the only platforms this is coming to is PlayStation and Nintendo Switch, which you have both of.
1: Which do you have?
0: Xbox. I've got a PS4 Pro, but I haven't turned it on in like seven months.
1: PS4 Pro? Oh.
0: (laughs) Don't mess about, mate. Don't mess about.
1: It's the Pro version.
0: Yeah, I've got your present. Oh, wicked. It's a PlayStation 4. Is it the pro version? Mm-mm. Take it back. Ah. Take it back.
1: Do 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 take it back. Take it back. I watched Rocky the other night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, Republic Commander, I remember playing this to death back in the day. It's a very, very good squad-based um shooter thing. It's not like Pew 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 like let's just run in and shoot the shit out of anything that moves. There's a bit of uh you have to play a bit of a tactics game with this one. You have to move your squad around properly. Um covering fire, move you know, all that sort of stuff. So uh do I want to fire up the PS4 for this though? Or wait until it does finally I don't know. You're not gonna get it. I know you're not gonna get it. Or are you?
1: Why? Well, I mean, if it's a paid job, I'll probably not get it. But if it's not a paid job, I'll probably get it. Um, <laughs> no, I, d- I don't know. It's a, funny, it's a funny one. It's one of them that I'd get on Switch, all right? I probably wouldn't get it for PlayStation. I'd get it for Switch. And it's one of those, like, the, it'd be a badass game on a plane or when you're traveling. Like, that's the only reason that I play my Switch off, like, a drunken Mario Kart session. Um, so it's... Um, yeah, it is one of those that I'd end up picking up and blasting through. But I, I remember having it for like my old chipped Xbox. Um was it that? Like I had a LAN cable running from my bedroom down to my living room so that I could flash um flash the Xbox and drop games onto the hard drive. It was mint. I had some right I had like thirty thousand games for it, dude. Um all legal. And so I think I think I think I had it for that. It was around the time and I seem to remember playing it, and I remember it being um, a welcome break from things like Splinter Cell and stuff that I was playing at the time, mm. Um, you know, something a little bit different. So, yeah, I'm up for it. I'm up for stuff like this. I think it's awesome to play these. They always, I know it sounds weird, but and I know they're not. But, you know, whenever you play a game like this, again, it always feels like you're playing some retro arcade game, even though it's clearly not an arcade-style game. But, you know, because it's got that kind of vibe and the graphics, the textures are off, but the colors are really oversaturated. <laughs> like, that whole... That vibe of what it was like back in 2005, 2006-ish. Like, all those games were like that. Um, so, yeah, fond sort of gaming era for me, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Which was probably around the time of, like, the, the like maybe even, like, the PS2 Spider-Man game was out then, which was just badass as well. Um, like, that's a really just a good era of gaming for me, dude. I used to love it. Splinter Cell, the original Halo, Halo 2, Halo 3. Yeah, that was good stuff.
0: Yeah, it was awesome, and you would have played this on it. So, Republic Commando was an Xbox exclusive back in the day, along with PC. So you would have played it on the OG Xbox. Same, you know, I did as well. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. freaking love that. Anyway, now the tables are turned. No Xbox love now. It's just PlayStation and Nintendo. So whatever. <laughs> Whatevs. Whatevs, mate. If they, if it does, yeah, I think I'll just wait to see if it comes to Xbox. Yeah. I think I'll do that. But anyway, when's this dropping? When is this dropping? It is dropping soon. <laughs> Good. I don't know exactly when. But it is dropping soon. April the sixth is when you'll be able to pick it up. And it's gonna be fourteen bucks, dude. So for us here, probably the same fourteen ninety nine. Maybe twelve ninety nine.
1: They're pretty cool actually. The um the, the, the way that they do these things, are quite, you know, they always make them just throw away amounts of money, you know, and and, and when I say that I'm not being flippant, it's more like, you know, ah, I can afford to spend 15 quid in a game because I'm going away. You know, it's one of them, you know, stick it on a beach or or whatever. But it, it's also, um, it, it, it's prime candidate for like a 6.99 reduction in six months time. You know, it's one of them kind of things, um, mm. which... They, they're always very attractive when they're like that because you're like, ah, oh, go on. And you end up with, like I bought Ghostbusters, the original game that's remastered for the Switch. And that was like five quid or 10 quid or something. You think, ah, oh, yeah, <laughs> you, get, like, you got me, you know? Um, yeah. So this is a prime candidate for that dude. Completely up for that.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, I did the same thing with Ghostbusters. It was on sale. They were pushing it hard. It was like seven quid or something. Yeah, yeah I'll have one of them. I haven't played it yet, but. I would. Anyway, a bit more yeah. Star Wars uh, A bit more Star Wars gaming. Now, this is really, this is freaking sweet. Jedi Fallen Order. You're playing the game. You're running through the first level, doing everything. It's all good. You come across this door that's got a button on it. You hit the button, you just hear a sound like an... And you think, ah, can't go through there. I'll just move on. No, no, no. Not this gamer. This gamer hits the button, hears the noise. He's like, what happens if I press this a couple more times? Nothing happens. Looks at his watch. I've got a couple of hours. I'm just going to keep it in this button. Anyway, turns out that this one button, if you hit it 66 times, it plays this sound clip from Sidious saying execute order 66 as an Easter egg. Now, mate, this is not big news, but if you go on Reddit or whatever, and you look at, The comments for this, pretty much, I'd say, and there's there's thousands of comments. I'd probably say eighty percent of them is just a copy and paste of who finds the time or who figures out this type of Easter egg, and uh, yeah, and the, the the guy who posted the original video is like, well, it was a kind of an obvious thing, and everyone's like, what? How is that obvious? He's like, well, there's a door with a button, but there's nothing beyond it. So chances are, if you keep doing something, something's like, well, I don't know. But man, what an Easter egg to find. That's patience for you.
1: It is, isn't it? It's, I think it's also the presence of mind to go, wait a sec, that's a button you can press and there's nothing behind it. I'd just be like, that's a door, you can't go through it, see you later. And I'd just assume that all buttons could be pressed. You know what I mean? I wouldn't give a a toss about it. And and then like the presence of mind to know when to not stop. Like I've got to 50 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what? Where? Oh no, shit. I'm at 60. Now what? You're like, yeah, go on. I'll give it a few more. You know what I mean? When do you think to yourself enough is enough when it comes to that? Um, I just, I mean, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just a, all right, fair play. Um, what are you doing? You know, but I had, I, I do admire the person for doing it and actually having the presence of mind, number one to think to himself, oh, wait a sec. There's nothing behind that door, but you can press the button. And number two, not just think that that was a common button thing. And then number three, just that willingness to do it. Um, It's crazy. Would I do it myself? No, ever, never.
0: But you're right though. When you get to a nice even round number, like 10, I'd be bored. Like definitely nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. You get to 50. I don't know.
1: And he's counting them just (laughs) in case. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, One potato, if there two is potato. an Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Exactly. laughs> If there's an Easter egg. And so then the, then's the next question, right? Did he just go, press, 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 execute, and he was like, crap, got to do that again and count them. One, well, we,
0: two. Hey that's it. You know? Yeah, well, you can't because you have to wait for the animation to stop with the pushing the button and come back. So it's like, yeah. Uh. Oh my god! Uh, it's, yeah, uh, I never thought of that. Yeah, mate, it's you can't just yeah you can't speed run it. It's like, but anyway, fair play to that dude who found it. But now this has just yeah. opened up the floodgates because now everyone's going to every switch, every wall panel, everything standing there, hitting it sixty six times to see if like it does anything. So if I was respawning, I'd awesome.
1: be cracking up laughing. Yeah, me too, man. It's also like, what other numbers do you put in there? Like, is someone going to go and smash buttons 2,187 times? You know what I mean? And it's like, well, you know, there's another Easter egg, you know. <laughs> Are they going to take every number, you know, and and like, just, well, wait a sec. You know, the R is the hundredth letter in the alphabet, so we're going to do 100, 2, and then D <laughs> is the fourth, 4, 2, you know. Where do you stop with this stuff, dude? Because I mean, I that's yeah. like, it's like life is gone. Life is gone.
0: Yeah, he's not going to get that time back. But on the other side of the coin, what's really even funnier is that you've probably got all of these devs at respawn getting their asses kicked because they need to hit a, hit a deadline to get the game out, and they're like, "You fix those bugs."
1: No, nah, this is better. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: And you know that today,
1: like, when this came back into the news, you just know that, you know, sales will have dropped a little bit, but now we've got thousands of comics on Reddit and people are replaying it or buying it for the first time. You know that Dev's just like... Told you. From that thing. Yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. all kicked off. But you wish I'd fixed that bug now, don't you? Well, I didn't. You're or, welcome.
0: Yeah, Kestis might have fallen down that, that, uh, off that precipice because a glitch... Or like, you know, he just fell off of it, but it's a trade-off.
1: Yeah. Win some, you lose some. There you go. So. It's funny, isn't it? Funny. Yeah, Fair
0: play f- to him, though. Yeah, funny old world. Yeah, <laughs> Makes me sound really old. Funny old world, doesn't
1: uh, When I was a kid, there was dude, none of this stuff. You just, you shook your dice and you got your numbers and that was it.
0: Uh, mate, back in my day, it was down, down, left, right, A, B, B, down, up. And then you're in. Oh, Cheat yeah. mode. Cheat mode.
1: Yeah, easy, easy. A, B, A, B. Unlock supersonic. Jobs are good In
0: There you go. Shall we talk about some rumours?
1: There's always rumours, isn't there?
0: Always rumours abound, which I like. So, live action Ezra. This has come up quite a few times over the last year. Supposedly, they've cast somebody. They've not made a show yet, but they've cast somebody in the role. Remember that Disney film, Aladdin, the live action version with Will Smith as the genie? No. Anyway, there was a film by Disney, live action, Aladdin. Will Smith was the genie. And the dude who played Aladdin uh, was this actor called Mina Masood. It was
1: pretty good. Was he as good as
0: Will Smith? I don't know.
1: We'll see. Oh, it's uh, Robin Williams. Uh
0: Robin, blessed his bless his soul, Robin It's uh Williams. yeah, it's the old animated version, of course.
1: He was one, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he was good, isn't he? told old Bob. Bob will
0: oh, legend. Robin Williams. Anyway. He was good. Yeah, so Mina Masood, Uh he was like the and I can see why people are saying that this is a thing, because uh those of you that are a bit more sort of culturally um uh, sort of forward thinking not like mark you know just sits there watching uh whatever people hitting buttons hitting 66 body. times those of us that have got a cultured bone in our body that watch other stuff uh, you'll see that the the character of aladdin looks very very similar to the 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 ezra character in the latter stages of the of uh, rebels where he's got the longer hair and stuff so it's a really good like if you could pluck somebody out of a, an animated show and into live action, this guy, uh, Masood, is very, very, he's got that look, like, perfectly down. Now, the only problem is, as we face these rumours and everything all the time, is that there's still no official thing from, from Lucasfilm or Disney. This is just one of those things where, I don't know if it's, like, a click thing, like, uh CBR.com just need a bit more. Look, guys, uh, we're not seeing enough green numbers this week. We need, you know, a lot of red. We need some green numbers. Let's get some clicks on. Uh, what should we write about? Yeah, let's do that. So the only thing is there's no sources with this one. You know, sometimes when we're talking about Doomcock or whoever it might be, they often cite, oh, my sources at Lucasfilm have told me X. There's none of that with this. It's just the rumor mill doing the thing. But And also you add on to that, there is no Ezra show officially announced. There is no, there's none of the current shows that have been announced that they've said that Ezra is going to be in any of them as a character yet. So this is literally just a a thing. But uh, I guess with this, if this does turn out to be true, we might get a Thrawn casting as well to follow suit. What do you reckon?
1: Well, first up, it is very good casting visually, let's be honest. You know, it really does fit. Um, It's a funny one, isn't it? Because we never really got any confirmed (laughs) casting of Rosario Dawson. And then there she is. She's (laughs) here, you know, Sissoko Tano. We also never got any real concrete casting of um, Tamura Morrison. It was just, there he is. Let's do some posters after the fact. So, it's interesting because we know Ahsoka's out there. We know that there's a series coming. We know she's looking for Thrawn. We know where Ezra is in relationship with... (laughs) He's not in a relationship with Thrawn unless they've spent a lot of time together. But, you know, in relation to Thrawn, we know that they're they're intrinsically connected um, at this point. So, it's a safe bet that Ezra will at least be referenced and I'd be shocked if he didn't make an appearance at this point because of Thrawn, you know, nothing else. Um, as for the casting rumour itself, you're right. That it's not like, yeah, we heard from our source at Lucasfilm, like you said. Um, it's, it's, it's almost like when they do uh, fan casting, you know, like when we used to do that for two shots, it was like, you know, top five picks for the Justice League. It's sort of a little bit like that, but it's actually really good. <laughs> so I don't know. If the rumour is true, all well and good. If the rumour is not true and it leads to this kind of casting, then I'm kind of all right with it. Um So either way, there's certainly not a negative. But I think Ezra will appear, and I think there will need to be some sort of casting. And I think when you look at probably, I mean, I can't remember the timings on it, but I think they will be having to cast for it at this point. You know, they will need to be doing it fairly soon, you would have thought. Because Mando, well, the Book of Boba Fett is, what, December? Um... I don't think there's anything else Star Wars apart from Bad Batch this year on on Disney Plus, is there? Is it just Bad Batch and Ahsoka's probably next year? Uh, um, Kenobi did. Oh, is that this year? I thought it yes. was next year. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so I would imagine, I mean, the timing feels about right if you're going to start pre-production. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I can see this. I can buy this. It's certainly not the weirdest thing we've heard recently, is it? Yeah,
0: true. Oh, it, there was some other, some rumours about Thrawn being casted, but they were dismissed fairly quickly. So this kind of conversation is obviously doing the rounds somewhere about these characters. Mm. And uh, yeah, I th- I, it's weird, isn't it? Because I don't think Ezra's got enough weight to carry his own show. Like if you could do a an Ezra show... It's going to be more than six or eight episodes. That's, I don't know how you would feel that, really. Mm. Um, so he's going to have to pop up in something else. He's definitely not going to pop up in Kenobi, that's for sure. Be very yeah, surprised. I agree, if that, yeah. So I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, yeah, even if, like you said, if they do happen to go with this, then it's a very good casting call because this guy looks pretty much bang on. to like, because it's really weird on the website, cbr.com, they've chosen a screenshot of Ezra with the really short hair. Yeah. <laughs> um which yeah, was off. the yeah which which is the latter um sort of towards the tail end of um of uh, rebels but yeah this guy he's always got long hair this actor whenever you see him so I don't know there we go Ezra might be coming but we'll let you guys know what's happening with that. Uh last bit of quick news before we talk about um uh Gina Carano. Uh and it's just popped up just before we recorded but mm. the those of you that are into your toys and collectibles and stuff from Hasbro, they've announced that they're going to expand Hasbro Pulse to pretty much everywhere including the UK, which is going to be cool. Now, it's going to be later this year, so probably Augusty time. But those of you that don't know Hasbro Pulse is a place where you can look at all of the upcoming toy lines, so the Black Series, the Vintage line, all of those things. Uh, you can pre-order them, which you can't do for any other toy store really. You have to just wait until they come into stock and try and hunt them down. But Hasbro Pulse, you can go on there, you can pre-order, which is great. And they've also got, uh, well, they, they've they typically got a, a line of exclusives that you wouldn't find out in the stores as well. So I think they're trying to push some, some, some product out towards anywhere that's not the US essentially. So this is really great news, dude, because I always see collectors on Instagram or Reddit, whatever. And they've got these really cool black series figures, but nobody else can get them because they've got them directly through um, through Hasbro Pulse. So we'll let you know when that date's confirmed. But these things, normally it's around August time to get set up, ready to run into the Christmas period. So um, that's going to be wicked, dude. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it will. I, I agree, man. I, I, it's nice to uh, not have to rely on places like Amazon and, you know, the big pre-orders that you've got to get through there just to being with a chance of getting something. So yeah, I'm 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 up for this one as well, dude. And it's you know, I'm not a fan of all the all the figures, but a little you know, some of the more premium ones, some of the Black Series ones I think are are great for the collection. So yeah, I, anything that you know makes it more accessible and that you're not having to throw your money towards Amazon is, is always useful. So I'm 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 keen for that one. Um it's nice to just browse as well, isn't it, and feel part of it. You know, it sounds weird but you know, of a night time or twenty minutes at lunch, just scoping through on the iPad and just you know, getting a feel for what you might want over the next six to 12 months and actually feeling like you can get it as opposed to, oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> um, it, it is quite nice. So yeah, no, I like it, man. I can see, a, <laughs> I can see my spending a little bit of money on this. If I'm honest with you, you know, it's, it's never, it's never one figure, is it? It's always two or three
0: every time. Yeah. And like you, man, I'm not going to, going I'm not going to order everything on there. I'm just going to wait for those, uh, Those cool premium looking, you know, the Black Series ones probably. So,
1: yeah, yeah, good times. Yeah, it's cool, man. It is, it is. It's nice. It's nice to see that. And it's sort of surprising that it's not been in the UK before, you know, because it must be a huge market, um, you know, for collectors. But alas, you know, we get it. We get it now. We get it. Yeah.
0: Cool. So that's news. There's nothing really, nothing kicking around that's worth talking about. I don't think at the moment we're certainly not going to dive into any Mike Zero Doomcock stuff this week. They haven't landed with anything of comedy value yet. So let's talk about some, let's talk about a subject that's done the rounds a lot over the last week. So I reported back a couple of weeks ago when I ran solo about Gina Carano being fired from the Mandalorian. And it was because I think Lucasfilm had just had enough of having to deal with um, social media backlash because she's a bit Gina Carano, she's very forthcoming with her tweets and what she feels about political issues and whatnot. And um, the it was kind of inevitable, really, that Lucasfilm were going to do this because, uh, and it, I'll come onto a couple more details in a second. But she, after she was fired, she went quiet. Everyone was like, "Yeah, we expected that," or everyone kicked off, whatever. But then, quite surprisingly, she she's kind of like, nah, I'm not going to let this go. I'm not going to let this, like the way I've been treated by, by Lucasfilm and Disney. So she jumped onto, um, the Ben Shapiro show. So Ben Shapiro is a very popular media, um, uh, celebrity. Got like a really popular YouTube channel. Is always in the house of Congress in the U S talking about political issues and things around race and religion and stuff like that. He's, um, He's probably the like the most Jewish person on YouTube, pretty much, um, uh, and you'll probably say that himself. You know, he, he doesn't shy away from that. He's very much a a leading figure in that community, and so on. And uh, yeah, Gina Carano was like, okay, well, let's let's do something. Let's show these big corporations that you know they're not we're not going to be bullied and whatnot. So Ben Shapiro was like, okay, let's go one step further. You come on and do an interview, tell us how you feel, but then you know, there's no reason why you shouldn't be out of work. So let's make a movie. So they're going to, um, they're going to fund uh, a, a film that I think she's going to produce as well as star and possibly write as well. And uh, uh, yeah, so this interview went out and she spoke up around, and a lot of things came to light. Now, when I reported on this in that show a couple of weeks ago, there was, I, I had I had been shown via various websites and media outlets a couple of the tweets that she had put out there and it really paid it really it annoyed me after the fact because the way that these stories were presented out to the world was like gina carano makes fun of the holocaust gina carano makes fun or compares you know political living in his political age to to uh, the jews and you know the nazis and all that stuff and i was like that's not on, you know, that doesn't sound very good at all. You know, it just doesn't sound good. And then when you read more into it and then you watch the interview, it's like, well, actually, yeah, you've got to tread carefully, I guess. Definitely. You know, when you're going to bring up subjects like that and compare and stuff like that, it's a real, it's definitely a risk because of just the way the world is right now. And, and, uh, the world's just full of Karens and keyboard warriors and, you know, it, you know, there's different movements and stuff. So, but when you hear her talk about it and you, and she says, well, actually I, I, what I actually meant was this. And what I actually meant was that you kind of feel like, Oh, actually, yeah. And it, it, this goes back also to these other tweets where she upsetted the, uh, the trans community and stuff like that with pronouns. And she, you know, took the piss a little bit and, and, uh, you know, stuff like that. But then you find out that she wasn't, you know, she didn't mean any harm to the, to those people. She was just pushing back on the mob, telling her that she had you know, had to declare her pronouns and all that stuff. So dude, this interview was really enlightening. And, uh, and I've got to say, it's like some of the things that she said as well, that the way Disney treated her, like she, in a nutshell, she basically said that they were on her like a, like grilled cheese, basically, you know, watching every move she made, monitoring her tweets and all that jazz. And, um, and they wanted her to jump onto a Zoom call with 40 people, all to sort of educate her about these subjects and everything like that. And she was, she was really going through it, man. So I don't know if you've seen this interview, but it's a real eye-opener, man. And I've got to say, I think I'm on team team Carano at the minute. Yeah.
1: Tough situation, isn't it, man? And I've you know, I've not I've not seen the interview. Um it's been a heck of a week, so I've not got to it. But the um the climate at the minute is interesting for this sort of stuff. You know, you are always going to frustrate someone, regardless of where you are. Um, You know, and the media inevitably likes to report on the extremes, whether it's the extremes um, against someone or the extremes for someone. You know, they, they, they they never report the story. They always report the extremities of said story. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of, There's a lot of challenges that come with being Disney and being associated with Disney and where Disney has come from in the past. Some of the things it's had to handle. um, Some of the things that it will continue to have to handle. You know, when you look at some of the stuff that it's it's even like, you know, putting bloody announcements at the beginning of the Muppet Show on Disney Plus. I think that was this week. Um, Some of the stuff that it's had to handle in regards to its 1930s, 1940s, 1950s movies. Um... You know, even through to what we were talked about last week where, you know, Luke Skywalker is seen as a conservative, you know, um, what's the word, you know, a conservative kind of uh, pillar. And it, it, it must be tough to navigate all of this for anyone involved. And that, I think a lot of the time that leads you to this very nondescript middle ground where you can't go either way, you know, and everything is blown out of proportion because you are in the public eye, um... And, you know, you set an example for one set of people that annoys the other set of people and so on and so forth. You know, it's, it's the way of the world. Now as a person, you know, think about someone like Gina Carano as a person who she's admitted she's a hothead. She kind of, she speaks her mind. Not everyone's going to like it. Um, there's a lot of, virtue signaling, I would imagine that you have to put up with as a celebrity, you know, everyone wants you to fight their their side, fight their corner, be in their corner, you know, if you're a conservative or a liberal, if, you know, that's the, the clearest distinction to make and the best example to use, because it's easy to understand, you want your celebrity people that you look up to or that you watch on TV every week, you want them to be in your corner, regardless of what your corner is, and when you're not, you're the devil, you're the, you know, you're, you're the kind of anti-everything, and it's it must be hard as a person to deal with that, you know, as the person. And I think one of the interesting things, and I'm not, I don't know enough about the case to be able to say, I'm, you know, I'm Team Karana or I'm not Team Karana. I, I genuinely don't know enough about the case. But what I would say is that it's rare that people are malicious, you know. It is, it's rare that the media paints it to be a big thing and it paints everyone to be malicious, and everyone with an agenda, but that's because it sells, you know, it's because the, the you know, that there are stories in the extremes, there's never stories in the normalcy of life, and people are very rarely malicious. Um, when you bolt on social media, and the fact that you can type something without context, or without a smile, or without a laugh, or without a um, you know, the the, the kind of Satirical tone that you and I might add, you know. If I if if I if I text you, dickhead, you're like, this guy's problem. If I just go, dickhead, (laughs) it's completely different. It's a daily
0: thing, listeners. Yeah,
1: dickhead. So (laughs) I think that's a huge challenge that, and it's part of the world that we live in now. Is that you know the world's going through a transformation, and a lot of it's for good, and a lot of it is is potentially harmful. You know, the, 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 where do you draw the line with anything? And where is the line? And we've got to keep pushing the boundaries of what's acceptable and how we should be handling things. And you sort of forget that it really is just like, the only line that we should have is just that respect line. You know, everyone just deserves the same level of respect. And regardless of whether you agree with them or not, um, that that respect line should always be there. And it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because you know, these people are working, you know, this is their job and it is easy for the mob. And I'm not saying this is the case and this is what happened, but I'm just saying that it would be easy for a mob of people that are loud enough to stop someone being able to work just because they didn't agree with it. Um, but at the same time, it would be very easy for the mob to keep people working who potentially shouldn't be working for the very same reasons. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I just think it's about balance. You know, I think it's about balance with everything. And and, and I just don't know whether a corporation like Disney can incorporate balance because of where it's positioned in the industry. You know, it's just just brought star to Disney Plus to add an adult edge to the proceedings. You know, it's Disney. Mm -hmm. It's had to bring another brand in to put an F word in there. So that at the most basic level shows what Disney can and can't realistically be seen to be doing which is anything that isn't PG-13 you know and when you when when you kind of when you escalate that up to politics and to respect and all that you know all that good stuff that goes alongside it disney just has to play it so cautiously because it would rather err on the side of playing it safe it's easier to get it wrong when you play it safe and come back from that than it is to play play it the other way and go aggressive and stand up for something that will be more divisive but that might need talking about. You know, if if you if you do that and you annoy the vast majority of the people that watch your things, that's difficult to come back to. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a really hard situation for everyone involved. And I feel I feel for Gina Carana, I feel like she's a little bit tone deaf sometimes, but we all are. we all, we all say things where you think, oh, fuck, actually, you know, we all do that. But at the same time, you know, it has to be measured and balanced. And that's the, that I think is what I'm trying to get to is that that's the challenge these days. There is no balance. There is no measured responses. You, you, you know, people are in the extremes, you know, more so than ever before. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't know enough about this particular case, from honest, I've not looked at the interview, but I just, I, I know it's a tough thing to navigate is what I'm, what I'm getting at. Um, yeah, I don't
0: know. Yeah, I read you dude. Yeah. And you're spot on as well. It's very, very difficult to navigate. I think the, the crux of the issue was that Disney had these, or Lucasfilm had these, um, I guess a set of political views and standards and because Gina Carano didn't, quite align herself with that and agree with them and said her own thing I don't yeah I didn't sit pretty with some of the execs and and some of the people there and I think her, her other main problem was that if you look at someone like Pedro Pascal who has been really controversial on Twitter over the last couple of years nothing said you know we don't know exactly behind the scenes but certainly nothing publicly has ever been said like you know slap on the wrist don't do that Whereas she does it a couple of times and then bosh, you know, she's out the door. And she did say in that interview that she loves Pe- she loves Pedro. You know, he's a good, you know, he's a good guy. And but then she also said that there's another couple of people that have done similar stuff. And you know, she could quite easily say, you know, what about this person? But she doesn't want to out anybody. She doesn't want to, anyone to lose their job or anything. So it's a difficult one, man. But yeah, check out the interview. It's a, it's a really fascinating listen because it's one of those rare times where. I think a lot of actors who work at a company like Disney and Lucasfilm, they're very much the ambassadors for that show. Regardless if they something's not quite sitting pretty, they just shoulder it and they crack on. And you know they're the face of that program to a large extent. So it's one of those rare times where you peek behind the curtain at some of the views and opinions of what was actually going on. And she seems really genuine as well. It's not she's she's not just trying to uh, jump on the um, on the media bandwagon while it's hot. Just to clear her name, anything like that. She holds her hands up to a couple of things and explains why she did certain things. So it's fascinating, no oh man. But I'm just the only thing. Just to clear, just to finish up on this, I just worry that we're not getting, we we don't go into this cancel culture thing too much because they once they've a lot of these people who went after the the hashtag fire Gina Carano. After that had settled down a bit for a day or two, they went after Rosario Dawson something else that she had tweeted a while ago and stuff like that. So let's just hope, you know, things like that don't continue, but yeah, it's fascinating, dude. It's uh, and also let's not let it taint our love of, of Star Wars. You know, that's the, that's the thing.
1: Yeah. Well, the challenge is that you end up becoming the empire. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yep. you, know, you do. You know, if it's our way or it's our way or the highway, and in 2021, I understand you've got to be an ambassador for the things that you that you represent, and you have, and you should set the example, and same with footballers and sports people and everything else, you know when you're in the public eye, you are held to a different standard and you are an ambassador for the things that pay your your wages. inevitably that is the case. And I think it's one of those hard situations where if you're not naturally cut out for the corporate world. You will always butt up against it, and it would—it's a shame for talent to go amiss just because they don't fit what the corporate people need. Um, mm-hmm. And we've just got to be careful around balance and context. I think that's the key thing and respect. You know, we're all allowed to differ. Um, Was she turned deaf with comparing conservatives to the Holocaust and, and being treated um, like the Jewish population? Yes, that's turned deaf. Sentimentally, people understood it. But it was just tone-deaf, that's all. You know, it wasn't It wasn't cheapening what happened. It was simply drawing a comparison that was a little tone-deaf at the time. That was it, you know? There was no malicious intent, I don't think. But yeah, anyway, sorry. Yeah, we'd better wrap up, aren't
0: we? Yeah, that's it, dude. I didn't see the time. There you go. That's it. So we are going to wrap there. Let's stick a pin in it for episode 95.
1: coughing gas do well, you want to just leave this in yeah leave it just leave it in I've got a little cough I don't know if it's COVID
0: well go and get some hall soothers you'll be alright mm. anyway thank you to all of our listeners for listening and coming back for another week it's great to have you all here remember to subscribe to the show whatever podcast app you get your podcast on just do a search for a Sparkle Rebellion You'll find us on there or head over to the website sparkofrebellion.com. You can listen to all of our shows on there. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you want to support the show like our other Patreons, we'd love to have you as a supporter. Patreon.com forward slash sparkofrebellion. You can jump up uh, onto uh, any tier from a dollar upwards. And uh, thank you so much to our current patrons. I love you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We will see you next week for episode 96. Until then, take care of yourselves, dude. Mark, it's been great talking to you as always, buddy. <laughs> we will see you next time. Until then, may the force be with you always.
1: Always. Damn.